This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm the dude. I'll be your bartender tonight. Welcome. Let's see. Let's talk about what we're going to drink tonight. Tonight's drink comes from you from SpoonUniversity.com. Thank you very much for letting me steal this drink off your website. This drink is called the Woo Woo. Well, I guess uh, you got to be in a certain mood in order to uh, order that. Maybe probably pretty excited whether you be man or woman just walk up to the bartender and say give me a woo woo what you what that drink is two parts vodka one part peach snops and lots of cranberry juice put that in a big old pint glass and just drink that sucker down maybe have a little bit of fun with it maybe throw in uh you know some particular flavored vodka or something like that cherry flavored vodka or lemon flavored vodka or i think it probably suck pretty bad with like peppercorn flavored vodka but hey anyway whatever you're uh, whatever you're into i've seen people eat some really weird shit in my life i watched the discovery channel on the travel channel anyway how are y'all doing tonight oh let's see it's been a while since i've talked to you guys welcome back to the show so uh let's talk about you want to be a bartender I hear this every once in a while. People come up and say, you know what? I think I'll just quit my job and become a bartender. Or I'm going to move to Hawaii, become a bartender, and, you know, just retire for the rest of my life. Really? You think it's that easy? Well, let me tell you something there, Chuck. It's not that easy to become a bartender. Granted, you don't need to go to school for eight years. I mean, you don't need to learn this science of the drink you don't need to go to school learn how to make beer or learn how to distill scotch in order to become a bartender yeah all you have to do is you have to know how to pour a bottle down how tough could that be but here's a couple pieces of advice for you just in case you are sitting back thinking that hey i'll just be a bartender Eh, just go to a local bar and say hey i want to be a bartender it's not like they're going to hand you a towel and uh, hand you a bottle opener and say, go for it, your shift starts at 5, uh, it ends at 2.30. <laughs> no, it's not going to be that simple. Let's start first with talking about how I became a bartender. Now, when I became a bartender, I was flat broke. I needed a job. I really, really needed a job. And it just, I didn't know what to do. I... Uh, Failed at uh, every other job that I had up to that point. I was in my mid-20s, I think. And I, well, I can't say I failed. I just didn't like the jobs. I mean, you work at an electronics store and you get these people that are, you know, kind of cool. And they, you know, they say, well, this is what I'm looking for. And you give it to them. But then all of a sudden you get these uh, audio files, I think is what they used to call them. I don't know if they still use that term. They're like, well, I want my headphones to be able to uh, uh, allow me to hear at 30 hertz. Okay, buddy. No human being can hear at 30 hertz. Why do you want that? Anyway, but that's not what we're here to talk about. So when I became a bartender, 
I was sitting in front of the TV feeling sorry for myself. And this commercial comes up, learn how to be a bartender. And I thought, well, why not? You know, I'll just, I'll go, I'll learn how to be a bartender. And the place said it had job placement assistance. Why not? It sounded like a win-win situation. Only cost 250 bucks. So I managed to get 250 bucks together, you know, beg the family, hey, can I borrow 250 bucks so I can go to learn how to be a bartender? Surprisingly, they were all for that, and I still don't understand that to this day. So I attended this bartending school. The curriculum was only two weeks. They bragged about that they will teach you over 250 drinks, but odds are you'll only remember 10 when you walk out of there. And it was true. I couldn't remember uh, how to make any of those tropical drinks when I left there. I had to keep a cheat sheet behind the bar. But they held straight to their word. They said job placement assistance. So they gave me a couple places to go check out. And they said, okay, this place says that they need a bartender, so go here. So I gave them a call and filled out their application. And then I sat down with the manager and talk with him for a little while, and they, it's the weirdest thing, this dude looked me right in the eye, and he says, well, um, you've got a good application here, but unfortunately, we're looking for somebody with more experience, and I looked him right in the eye, and I said, then why did you call the bartending academy, of all places, I mean, people that would come out of the bartending academy, they have no experience behind the bar, that's why they went to the bartending academy. It's It just seemed ridiculous. And so I walked out of there and I just said, to hell with it. I spent the next month looking for work, just dragging my feet, feeling sorry for myself. I just couldn't find a decent job. And eventually uh, I was throwing applications out right and left. My first job as a bartender was in a was it was in a hotel I was a bartender for their big events like uh, when they had things happening in the showroom I'd be the banquet bartender and uh, that was easy uh, really easy I didn't really have to know anything because people already knew what they wanted you know give me a rum and coke give me a jack and coke but it was mostly just a mixer and a liquor. That's all it was. I mean, it was very rare somebody come up and say, give me a pina colada or give me sex on the beach or anything like that. And it was just a liquor and a mixer. That's all it was. And I thought, hey, this is pretty simple. And cracking uh, beer bottles, yeah, that that didn't, uh, that didn't suck. Uh, but banquet bartending was kind of lame for the fact that it, I didn't really do anything. I mean, I sure I threw drinks out, but then they'd go into their uh, talk, their meeting, their celebration of some kind, and then I'd stand around and do nothing for a little while. When it was an open bar, it sucked even worse because I didn't get tipped. People just come up and say, give me a Jack and Coke, and all right, thanks, see you later. And in some cases, I wasn't allowed to put out a tip jar uh, during those times. Sometimes I did just because I wanted the extra cash. But when you do banquet bartending, you get put on the tip scale of all of the other servers. And, you know, the, doing a banquet, they charge them an extra percentage of 
you know, however many people that were served and then split, divvy it up between the bartender, the servers, the dishwashers. And so you don't make a whole lot of money when you do banquet bartending. And one day I just got frustrated with it and I was, I walked away from it uh, thinking that's boring. And I, you know, I just, I'm not working enough and I'm not making enough money and stupidly uh, just walked away from the job. Here's a little hint for anybody out there who quits their, quits their job. Have a backup plan. Don't just quit and then look for a job. Look for a job first because you don't know how long it's going to take you to get that next job. I was probably unemployed for two months. Once again, depressed, broke. And then I ran into an old family friend and we ended up talking about, you know, what I'd been up to. I told her that I was looking for work and I was bar. I knew how to bartend. Um, the old family friend actually owned a restaurant and she said, well, we're looking for a bartender. We'll see uh, what we can do for you. And I was like, great. And a week later, all of a sudden, I was working behind their bar, wearing a loud-ass Hawaiian shirt. And, you know, just uh, all of a sudden, I was working a really busy bar and making, just throwing drinks out there and making a whole bunch of money in tips just because the volume of customers got went way up. It was right about there where I started realizing that I had to develop a personality. I had to become something because when you're a bartender, believe it or not, even though you're not in front of a camera, even though you're not on access Hollywood, even though you're not a Kardashian or, uh, well, maybe a sex tape got released. You don't know, but you are a celebrity. You are the people that uh, other people come to be entertained by people want to talk to people want to be seen with. And, uh, so that's about where all of a sudden I realized that my introverted lifestyle had to change. I had to come out of my shell and really become something. So I started thinking about it and things that, you, uh, things that you don't talk about in a bar is religion, politics, and sex. And lucky for me, I don't uh, know anything about politics. Uh, religion's never been my thing. And I'm as clueless today about sex as I was uh, when I first lost my virginity. So what are the other things that they talk about in bars? Okay, sports. I don't know jack shit about sports. That's going to kill me. But I am a pop culture junkie. I know tons of useless knowledge of music, movies, TV shows. I'm serious. Ask me something about the Beatles. You've just burdened yourself with a like hour-long college lecture from the beginning of the Beatles all the way to the end in the 1970s. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've bored a lot of people. I can tell you anything about Billy Joel. I can tell you anything about Metallica. I can talk about Star Wars until I'm blue in the face. I can talk about Star Trek until... Well, whatever you you know, you get the idea. But uh, everything I knew was in pop culture, so I always tried to lean people towards that situation because, 
You know, if they come up to me and say, hey, how about that Browns game yesterday? Well, there was no Cleveland Browns at that time. But they'd say, how about that football game yesterday? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about because I honestly didn't watch it. But I did make a big deal and on the nights where the playoffs or uh, Super Bowl, World Series, um, any of that stuff, I would uh, go out of my way to at least know who was playing. I mean, come on. But that was my personality, and it took a little while for people to get used to that. And once they got used to that, then people started feeling more comfortable around me. I also know a ton of bad jokes. And sometimes uh, the jokes that I would tell would go for a long time. Like when uh, the Blue Collar Comedy Tour came out, I would recite verbatim the entire tater salad story. And, or, you know, recite an entire spiel by Robin Williams about smoking marijuana or Bill Cosby's stories. I would, uh, you know, do these whole comedy skits behind the bar just because it would entertain people. And I didn't have to think about responses. I didn't really have to have a back and forth. They just sat back and enjoyed that I was actually being entertaining. It took me a while to get to that point because, you know, I mean, if you went back in time to the year 2000, ask the other bartenders around that town and say, what's the deal with the bartender over uh, that grill over there? They would say, you know, I don't know about that guy. Yeah. He's quiet and he's doesn't seem very friendly. Yeah. I was really standoffish back then, but uh, you know, eventually it came out of my shell. The biggest thing though, was when all of a sudden one night, it was a slow night behind the bar and karaoke was playing. Not a lot of people came out for karaoke night. And so just out of the blue, I walked over to our karaoke DJ and I said, Hey, do you happen to have that new song Santana just put out smooth uh, has Rob Thomas on it? And she goes, actually, yeah, we just got it this week. And I said, I'd like to try that. And she's like, well, well, okay. So a couple songs later, customers were singing and all of a sudden it was my turn. And then I got up on stage and then all of a sudden that's what I became known for. That was my personality. I became the singing bartender. And right now I'd love to give a shout out and thanks to Santana and Rob Thomas for releasing that song. Otherwise I probably never would have gotten up that night. I, cause just, I didn't feel like singing any, any of that stuff uh, uh, during that point in time. Cause that was a lull in the music industry. Uh, let's face it in the year 2000, they were waiting for something new. But then my personality as the singing bartender, it became, hey, you going to sing tonight? Hey, you going to sing smooth tonight? And other people started hearing around town that, hey, the bartender over there, uh, every once in a while he gets up and sings and he doesn't suck. So people would start coming out specifically just to see me do my thing. And, you know, I change it up every once in a while. Got to throw a little Harry Connick Jr. in there, see if that gets the girl's attention. It got their attention. Nothing ever happened from it, damn it. But, you know, I would go up, sing the uh, Santana song, and then run back and start making drinks again. The manager really didn't like that because she, she didn't want me to leave him behind the bar. But I kept telling her, I got to do it because the customers want it. And, you know, that's the whole part of being an entertainer. I mean, you've heard it all your life. Give the audience what they want. 
And so that's how I built up my customer base because you have to build up the customer base. They knew I told jokes. They knew every once in a while I'd sing. And so that's what I was known for. So that's my advice to you. You want to become a bartender, you've got to develop a personality. It's not just about pouring drinks. Pouring drinks is maybe 10% of what you've got to do behind the bar because ultimately it's about customer service and entertainment. You see like on TV shows or anything like that, you know, the guy just wiping the bar, listening to the, you know, tragic story of their customer. Yeah, that does happen from time to time. There's, you know, there are one of my favorite times. I might've mentioned it before where a guy walks up to me and says, you know, I need some advice on women. And I said, sure. As soon as I get some, I'll let you know. And I walked away from him. I mean, what do I know about women? And there's still a mystery to me after all these years. But, you know, it's not just pouring drinks or listening to people's problems. You've got to entertain. You are now a celebrity. But customer service is the biggest thing. It's huge. So imagine that you're standing behind the bar. You're, you know, you got your towel in your hand. You wipe down the bar just a little bit. And all of a sudden this customer comes in that you see, let's say, every day. You don't take, you know, there comes to a point where you don't have to ask them, Hey, what can I get you? You just automatically know you go over to the refrigerator, grab the bottle of Coors Light, snap off the cap. And before he sits down, the beer is in front of him. People love that. That means, you know, them. that means you pay attention to them. So they get this feeling like, okay, now there is some truth to that where everybody knows your name thing and cheers. So that's my story on how I became a bartender. Now, it's not going to be that easy for everybody. I even talked about it with a few of my coworkers that had been in the bar industry a lot longer than I have. They said, I was lucky that I was able to get into the bar industry the way I did because they wouldn't have hired somebody that came from a bartending school. Because let's face it, when anybody comes from any kind of school, they automatically have this chip on their shoulder thinking, I know how to do this. But really, you don't know anything. I I mean, doctors have said it that they go through eight years of medical school and then all of a sudden they go to their internship and they sit back and say, I don't know, Jack. Because it took me a while to realize the whole customer service aspect. It took me a while to realize I needed a personality. So let's say you want to become a bartender. How do I get into the bartender industry? Okay, there's a couple different ways. The easiest way is to just apply as a bartender. Walk in and say, hi, I want to be a bartender. That's if you're able to get in on the bar just by saying that, you are very lucky and that was really easy for you. Probably the only way that you're going to get that job, though, is if a friend of yours, like for me, uh, owns the bar. And so that's that's an easy way. You have to have a friend that owns a bar in order to become a bartender immediately. The second way, not as easy, if you... Uh, 
if you go work in a corporate situation, say one of the big, one of the big restaurant chains, uh, you got to spend some time as a server first. You can't just jump behind the bar because they want you to run the tables. And that's not all bad, really. I mean, you learn how to, you learn your customer service skills. You learn how to talk to people. You learn how to take their orders. You learn how to commit things to memory. And, you know, it's uh, like the big corporate uh, corporate places. They all say you got to be a server for a certain amount of time before we can let you behind the bar. So in when it comes to like big corporate places anyway, it's being a bartender. You're mostly a very over glorified bar back. All you do is just make drinks for the servers. That's it. And you won't make a whole lot of money in tips because when the bar, when the restaurant closes, the bar closes. It's not like you are those hole in the walls where the restaurant closes and the bar stays over open for another, say four or five hours. So you got to depend on your servers to, to tip you out at the end of the night, if that's what the corporate policy is. And, you know, being good to your servers, I've said it before, your servers are your friends, your servers are your family. You be nice to them, you take care of them, they take care of you. The hardest way to become a bartender, in my opinion, just buy your own bar. I mean, you've already got to have to have some kind of cash flow. And you can't just all of a sudden snap your fingers and say, hey, hey, I'm going to own a bar. No, you got to get a loan. You got to get licensing. And you got there's a whole bunch of stuff that you got to go through. And besides, if you're the owner, you're probably not going to have time to sit behind the bar anyway. So, you know, those are my top three ways to become a bartender. And being a bartender, yes, it is fun. It is, well, it's the closest thing that I've ever felt like I was popular, you know, some kind of celebrity, uh, you know, it, you know, make you feel like one of the new kids on the block or something like that, where people are actually excited to see you. And, uh, well, mostly because they're, they're excited to see you because you deal one of the few, very few legal drugs in the United States. But, you know, um, when they, when you know people that are looking forward to seeing you as soon as they get off work, yeah, yeah it gives you a good feeling, you know, uh, and you start to have friends and you, they, and, you know, you can get a lot of good stuff out of it and you can make a good amount of money. You just have to be careful with your money because, being a bartender, I made tons of money in tips, but I had nothing to show for it usually a week or so after that because I'd spend it on something big. And, you know, being in my mid-20s, I was never very smart with my money anyway. But, you know, it's not just about the responsibility towards yourself. It's also about the responsibility towards your customer. You want to look out for your customers. And... There are nights where you're just going to sit back and feel like a glorified babysitter for people that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever. Because, I mean, you got these people. This is one dude that used to wander around town, and he was the town drunk. And it came down to the point where he was allowed to go into a bar, any of the bars, 
have one drink, and then he was told to leave. He was never allowed to have two. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. So then I'm sitting there going, why even go out? Drink at home. But, you know, people you know, were still inviting him to come out, and then he would have his one drink. Uh, he just seemed like one of those guys that was permanently drunk to me. He, he just, uh, I, I'm not sure when the last time he was sober. But uh, then the, the other guys that sit back and think that they can drink as much as they want, possibly want, and they never get drunk. And then you get really got to watch them because then that person's going to get on the road and uh, drive home, possibly hurt themselves or somebody else. Or the kids that are out there that feel like partying. They're like, woo, uh, it's the weekend. Give me an adios, motherfucker, and keep them coming because we're getting shit-faced tonight. Woo! And and you really got to keep an eye on those guys because they're just overly excited. And, you know, they're drunks in training, let's face it. Because you you start to notice that, that some of these kids out there, they say, well, how do you have fun without getting drunk? And then you really have to worry about them. So as a bartender... You're the one that is holding the keys at the house party. You are told not to get drunk. You are the, you are going to be the responsible one. And if you're into that sort of thing, you're going to have a great time. But there are nights where you're just going to go, oh, God, that person's here again. Oh, okay. Uh, hi. Yeah, here, here's your Jack and Coke. And... You know, keeping a bartending job uh, is difficult because it's, well, I think George Burns said it best that uh, when your TV show is doing well, the ratings are high. But when all of a sudden one week you look at ratings and they dropped dramatically, well, that's no big deal because there was something else good on that week. Maybe, you know, maybe the Super Bowl or something like that. But if you start to see your numbers drop subtly, just little by little every single day, that means people are losing interest. And when they lose interest, you lose business. When you And it's the same thing with being a bartender. You got to stay interesting. You got to stay fresh. You got to stay in the moment in order to keep people entertained and wanting to come back and see you. But you're also the person that they go to make life feel a little bit better. Maybe, uh, you know, they they had a bad day at work, so you gotta be able to bring them back up. You may not be in the mood that day. You may have had a shitty morning and they, uh, but you know, these people look forward to come to you for advice or a distraction or, you know, all that stuff. I remember, uh, September 11th, 2001, uh, when I walked into the bar that day, everybody's eyes was glued to the TV. Nobody was paying attention except to that TV. So when, you know, the overall shock eventually wore out that day, I mean, there, that was a huge shocking moment in history and 
you know, you can always sit back and hope that never happens again. Um, I greatly appreciate everybody who uh, helped out in that situation. And, you know, thank you to the firefighters and police officers and people who donated food, money, blood, all that stuff. Uh, You guys are awesome. But in other places other than in uh, New York, people were glued to their TV and people were honestly scared. So they came to the bar to be with other people that were, you know, trying to make sense of the day, trying to make sense of the moment. And you got to remember, that is one of those times where you can't be standing around telling jokes because that's not what people want to hear when a tragedy strikes like that. You can't be, you know, talking about uh, why did the chicken cross the road? People said, don't care. Uh, Just give me another beer and turn the TV up. I want to hear what's going on. Towards the later end of that night, when people started getting angry, angrier and angrier at the people that were responsible for that horrible tragedy. And that's when you've got to offer up a distraction because alcohol and anger, let's let's face it, it doesn't mix. Uh, I mean, well, nobody should ever be angry. You want to keep everybody in your bar generally happy. But it's tough to do when events like September 11th happen because it is so incredibly tragic and it affected everybody in the world, no matter who you were. And so the first place that they want to go is to be around family and friends. And sometimes they can get a little bit out of hand. You know, some one person over here might say, this is horrible. This is, uh, you know, why did they do this to us? We've got to get them back. And then you got this other person sitting on the other side of the bar and said, well, they did it because of whatever opinion that person has. And then you've got to offer up the distraction because people are talking about politics at this point. And politics always starts a fight because everybody believes in their own thing. And so that's the good time where all of a sudden you turn up the jukebox. You've got to tell a joke. You've got to do something. Get that, get their minds off of what's going on and bring it back to having a good time. You are the good time person. That's why they came to see you. They didn't come there to get angry. Well, sometimes they do. I remember one kid came into the bar uh, one night and said, I feel like getting into a fight. And I looked at him and said, not in my bar, you're not. Okay, that's an example of somebody that's not there to have a, well, maybe getting his ass beat is uh, his idea of a good time. Some people juggled geese. Yeah, I don't know. But just remember, you are the person, you are the entertainer. You're the one that brings happiness. You're the one that brings good feelings, good times, and alcohol. That's your job. So, I don't know. If you're that type of person, uh, you think it's that easy to become a bartender? All you have to do is pour drinks? I'm sorry you got something else coming towards you, because pouring drinks is a very, very small part of it. Anyway... Anyway, let's go uh, get to one of my favorite parts of the podcast. This is the part where I get to play a little bit of music, introduce you guys into something that you probably haven't heard before. Maybe you have. I don't know. 
But on to the show. Today we're going to be featuring a band by the name of Cold Static with their song Damp. It's from the album Songs for Your Sandwich. I hope you enjoy it. That was Cold Static with their song Damp from their album Songs for Your Sandwich. You want to check out more of their stuff, get on SoundCloud, search them out. You can even go check out their Facebook page uh, at Cold Static. They got some great stuff out there. Take a listen. All right, so right now it is last call. So we're going to go over a real quick low side to bartending. Since we're at the end of the podcast, we're going to talk about the end of the bartender's career. Yes, that's right. Bartenders cannot last forever. We definitely all do try, but it doesn't happen. So, when you're a bartender, there's two ways to go about this. When you're a bartender, age does have a thing to do with it, unfortunately for us all. Male bartenders, you know, they... 
there are some lucky ones that get past their 40s and still are able to bartend and still have the same crowd, same friends. But you know, let's, you know, that pretty much when a guy reaches, uh, reaches that age, they've got to move on. They've got to do other things. Women, this is not a sexist thing. Women can bartend for a long time. And I asked a friend of mine and she told me that's just has to do with sex appeal. Uh, I mean, in this day, day and age of the MILF, yeah, women can go well into their 50s and 60s probably uh, doing bartending and still have incredible sex appeal where all the men are after. Guys, it doesn't happen all that much. But, you know, you got to remember, move on, have a backup plan, have something else in mind that you want to do or can do. Because, unfortunately, bartending cannot last forever. And the only place that you can go in the bar industry past bartending is owning your own bar. So if you're able to save up your tips, which I totally suggest you do, set aside some of that money, don't spend it wildly like I did. And, you know, maybe invest in your own restaurant, invest in uh, your own bar and, you know, just take it to that next level. But it's just, people have come up to me tons of times and just said, you know what, I think I'll just be, just become a bartender. Hey, okay, a little insulting, because nobody's just a bartender. You know, it doesn't just happen. I mean, it's, sure, you didn't have to go to medical school for eight years, but, you know, it just doesn't happen. And once you're there, there's nowhere to go. I mean, eventually you run out of things to talk about. You're tired of certain personalities. You're tired of seeing the same faces every day and some people are lucky enough to shake that off and be able to keep going uh, keep going but there's always that one person where they say the same thing every day if any of my good friends or old customers are listening to this the phrase hello baby I'm sure that means something to you and I was seriously tired of hearing that but am I not going to be in a bartender? No. Why? That's why I'm doing this podcast. Doing the bartending thing is probably some of the funnest years of my life. And hell yeah, I'd still do it. But, you know, I always worked nights. I worked a lot. And uh, you have no medical benefits. But the money's good, you know. And sure, there are chances to meeting some incredible personalities out there and you know you just go with the flow make sure you have fun i mean if you're having fun your customers are having fun if you're having a bad day your customers will have a bad day and it does affect your money it does affect your cash flow because when people are having a great time sure they're willing to throw out a couple extra bucks for you just because yeah you made sure that they were well taken care of but on that note thank you for listening to the hey bartender podcast uh if you have any good stories you'd like to tell me or drinks you'd like to tell me about go ahead and email me at the hey bart at hey bartender podcast at gmail.com I'd love to hear your stories. Check out the Facebook page at Hey Bartender Podcast. And, you know, as usual, 
like I always love to tell you guys, lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. Don't take any shit from anybody. Good night. Good. I had to blow again. I said, hey, why?